This podcast is about anything and everything that gets us better at making things good and good at making things better. It's called extreme stewardship because the first thing to say about getting better at making things good and good at making things better is that both we ourselves and whatever we're working on don't belong to us. We are stewards of what is God's, not owners of what is ours. And in a world that prioritizes getting as the ultimate good and self as the ultimate end, that's pretty extreme. This is episode one, in which I try to say as much as necessary and as little as possible about definitions. We have to define our terms. It's tough to communicate with words if we don't agree on the meaning of those words. A few weeks ago, I heard someone give a 30-minute talk, or should I say a 30-minute critique, of a concept that is awfully popular in North American culture today. Let's just say, hypothetically, that concept was social justice. 30 minutes of why social justice is bad, and at no point in those 30 minutes did the speaker tell us what social justice is. If I'm honest, I hesitated to even name the term because it's such a lightning rod, but that's precisely my point. It's a lightning rod in part because advocates define it one way and detractors define it another way. Our conversations on that topic would be a lot more productive if we started by agreeing on what we meant by it in the first place. So in this conversation, I'm going to start by defining my terms. But, confession time, I am an academic, which means I can't just define my terms. I have to define the sort of definition I'm using to define those terms. So the first thing I want to say is that the goal of this episode is to set my sights on a theological definition of work. And now I have to explain what I mean by a theological definition. Some of you are on the verge of turning this off right now, because when I said theological definition, what you heard was academic definition, which of course means lots of big words and abstractions with no connection to life in the real world. So I want you to know up front that I am not at all interested in an academic definition of work. Here's an example of an academic definition of work from Miroslav Volf. Work is honest, purposeful, and methodologically specified social activity whose primary goal is the creation of products or states of affairs that can satisfy the needs of working individuals or their co-creatures, or, if primarily an end in itself, activity that is necessary in order for acting individuals to satisfy their needs apart from the need for the activity itself. That's not a theological definition of work. That's an academic definition of work. An academic definition is one that defines a term or idea or whatever in relation to the academy and academics. It's a definition that is specifically designed to be read over and over before you understand it. It's designed to need extensive clarification and, if I could be a little snarky, it's a definition that doesn't make any sense to normal people until you say all the same things in shorter and fewer words. And of course, that raises the question. If you could say all the same things in shorter and fewer words, why wouldn't you just do that in the first place? All that to say, I am not interested in an academic definition of work. I love academics. I am an academic. But I am aware that academics make up a very small and generally insignificant portion of the population. So if you define something in relation to that small and insignificant portion of the population, you haven't actually said very much about the thing you are defining. That's even more true, by the way, with defining something personally saying what something is in relation to me. Me is really small. What something is in relation to me is such a tiny fraction of what that something is 
that I'm not entirely sure why it would be worth mentioning in the first place. It's like the college freshman who tells me they have lots of leadership potential. There's an operational definition of leadership in that statement. Leadership means being in charge. What they meant was, I like being the boss. And if you've ever followed a leader like that, you know how well that usually goes. And the problem is that they define leadership purely in relation to themselves. They like to be in charge. And it doesn't really matter if anyone else wants them to be in charge or invited them to be in charge or even what it means to be in charge of other people. It's a personal definition of leadership and therefore insufficient precisely because leadership is something that only makes sense in relation to others. Here's another example. A friend of mine in seminary told me that his ideal pastor would be to spend the whole week studying and then to pop out of his study for an hour or so on Sunday morning to preach and then disappear right back into his study. Once again, he defined what it means to be a pastor in relation to himself. His notion of pastoring or shepherding completely ignored the presence of sheep in the equation, not to mention the existence of a single good shepherd in whose footsteps human shepherds are supposed to follow, and again, not to mention the fact that all human shepherds are also primarily sheep. He defined shepherding as what would be most fitting to his values, his ideals, his goals. He defined it in relation to himself. Now, he's not a pastor today, in case you're wondering, and that's probably a good thing. We do this to God, oddly enough. It's one of the major barriers we run into that keeps us from being interested in what we call theology. Theology is knowing God, and the problem with knowing God is that we assume that the only things worth knowing about God are the things that have to do with us. If a doctrine or other theological topic isn't immediately relevant to us, we assume it has no value to us. That's because we want to limit our endeavors to a personal definition of God, what God is in relation to me. As if God were so small that I was the reference point for him rather than the other way around. And we know intuitively that healthy human relationships don't work that way. You may have seen the cartoon, the couple sitting at a table in a restaurant while one of them gabs on and on about themselves, and then late into the evening finally stops and says, enough about me, let's talk about you. What do you think about me? If the only things I want to know about my wife, for example, are the things that are ultimately about me, you would say that's not a healthy marriage. You don't love her. You don't value her for her own sake. When our filter for what is worth knowing about God is that it must be in relation to us, we are beginning the whole theological conversation with the assumption that we are the centers of reality and that everything else, including God, revolves around us. All that to say, I don't want an academic definition of work, and I for sure don't want a personal definition of work. I want a theological definition of work, meaning I want to consider what work is in relation to God. And I need to say one more thing about what that means before I dive into it. The very basic Christian belief, Christianity 101, is that there are two kinds of things that exist. God, who creates things, and all the things that he creates. Everything that isn't God fits into the category of things God creates. And since we and everything that we interact with in our world fit into that second category, that a thing is God's creation is the first and most important thing we could say about it. Now, I want to define work, and work is an action, not a thing, so I need to define it as an action that is performed by creatures, toward other creatures, 
in relationship with the Creator. And so in episode two, I will give you my theological definition of work and begin to unpack what I do mean and what I don't mean about that definition. Thanks for listening to the Extreme Stewardship Podcast. My name is Michael Kibbe, and I teach Bible and theology at Great Northern University in Spokane, Washington. My behind-the-scenes partner in this project is my brother, Ben Kibbe. Our editor-in-chief is Annalee Stockton. Art comes from Leah Leenhouts, And of course, music is provided by Dave Murray of Derridoon Guitars. If this series has been helpful or challenging to you, or if you've got a story about extreme stewardship that you'd be willing to share, shoot us an email, extremestewards at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You are, of course, welcome to like and subscribe and tell your friends and all that. What we really care about is that you have gotten better at making things good and good at making things better. <laughs>